So Money episode 946, Stacey Delo and Jennifer Gafsky, authors of Your Turn. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You know, I'd grown up with a model of a mom who uh, had a career, took a 10-year career break, and then went back to work in a really big way. So I, I knew that it could all come together in different in different ways. And so when I had my daughter, I had really expected that I would go right back to work, take a very short maternity leave and go right back to work. And then I had her and my body sort of had some different plans. And I also really dug into that moment of being a mom. I loved it. And it was surprising to me. It kind of caught me off guard. Reentering the workforce is a challenge that over 3 million women with college or advanced degrees are currently facing. And my guests today are on a mission to make things simpler. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. You know, it is difficult to juggle parenthood with your career. That's an understatement. And find a path that works for both your ambitions and your family life. More than 15 million women find themselves in what they call the messy middle. And my guests today, Jennifer Gafsky and Stacey Delo are behind the website Opre, which helps women return or pivot in their careers. And now they have a book to help their audience called Your Turn, Career, Kids and Comebacks, A Working Mother's Guide. We talk about how to anticipate the financials of becoming a mother, a parent while working, how to re-enter the workforce as seamlessly as possible, and much more. Here's Jennifer Gefsky and Stacey Delo. Jennifer Gefsky and Stacey Dilo, welcome to So Money and congratulations on the first 24 hours of releasing your new book, Your Turn. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. It's so exciting to be on the show. And Jennifer, you're no stranger to this show. You've been on before as a founder of Apray. This is a website I absolutely love and reference a lot to women and men, but really for uh, for women, especially as they're transitioning from stay-at-home parenting, taking a time break, a time off to going back into the workforce. This is like, I call it sort of like the LinkedIn for working moms. And Stacey, you're the CEO of, of APRE. And so the two of you combined forces again to author this book called Your Turn, Career, Kids, and Comeback, Comebacks, A Working Mother's Guide. Time is of the essence, ladies, right? Like this is, I feel like every year there's a, now more than ever feeling of having to talk about the importance and the imminency of like how to help moms navigate their careers. But it almost feels like as we are on the precipice of another election and 2020 coming around, like we really need this, this, this guidebook now more than ever. Thanks, Farnoosh. This is Jen. Yeah. Um, uh, it's First of all, it seems like yesterday that I was on So Money and it was, I don't know, I think like three years ago now at this point. So congratulations on continued success Thank for, you. for So Money. We love the podcast. Um, yeah. You know, look, I think, I think having the conversation is a great thing and the book coming out and having people talk about it and having women share their experiences with each other is 
I think helpful for anyone's journey, um, but especially this because we know that women who are going through these transitions and what we call the messy middle of their mm-hmm. careers, there's a lot of self-doubt. You know, it's self-doubt about being a mom, self-doubt about how you are in your career during this phase. So the ability to have an open discussion and talk about it, I think is enlightening for a lot of women. And one of the things that you tackle on the website at APRE, which is also a big part of the book's mission, is to help the millions of women who are in transition, who want to get back into the workforce and navigate it. And, and you said, you know, it is still really, really hard. We have a lot of insecurities, uncertainties. Um, wh- why is it so impossible what, what is going on? I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of forces at play, but what did you identify in the book to be some of the major reasons? This is Stacey. I, I, first of all, I think your point that this is a really, you know, this is a conversation that we seem to keep having and keep having and why isn't it solved for yet is just such a great one for everyone to sort of stop and ask themselves. Um, if you're, if you're an employer in particular, what can you be doing to do better? I think one of the things that's happening at this moment that sometimes we need to stop and reflect about is that we're at this very interesting time in history when women are more educated than they've ever been before. And they've, they've made these strides into the workplace um, really since the early 1960s. And, and now we're at a point where they're highly educated. They have children later um, the average age of when women have a baby has jumped from 26 to 28, um, really in just a two-year period. So by the time somebody decides it's time to have a baby and potentially focus on a different phase of their life, they have a lot of experience behind them. And so it, it is a question that we're still trying to solve for. Why Why don't we see more women um, coming and going from the work? Place in a way that should be more natural? Um, why don't we see more women moving into more senior roles? Um, and I think it's really time for everybody to dig deep on some of the forces that are happening that are that are contributing to um, why we don't see this. And I think a lot of it is corporate America really paying attention. And what are some of the changes, the positive changes you're seeing in corporate America uh, as far as welcoming, first just welcoming more women to the workforce? Because sometimes I think women just don't feel like they belong in some industries. They don't see themselves represented in certain industries. And then even if they get there, you don't feel supported um, and or com- even compensated, right? you're not earning what you're really supposed to earn. And and so how are companies, right, how are companies keeping up with the times and addressing these big issues? Ultimately, they're missing out on a very educated, as you pointed out, and dynamic workforce if they don't cater to working moms. Yeah, it, this is Jen. I, I would say one of the things that we're seeing is the force of change of millennials. You know, in 2020, millennials will make up the majority of the American workforce. And that's astounding. That's people that are basically 38 and younger. And millennials grew up in the technology age. So they're used to this concept of, I can work wherever, I can work remotely, um, I can be more flexible with my schedule. And employers, we're seeing employers are having to respond to that. 
which is great for everybody, especially mothers, right? Because moms tend to need flexibility. Why? Because we have obligations outside of the workplace as well. So, so millennials are really forcing change and employers have no, no alternative, but to listen. Um, but we're also seeing, I mean, some interesting news recently out of the state of California about the gig economy and, and how employers are treating various employees. But, you know, one of the things we're seeing is the change of real estate. You know, we're here. I know Farnoosh, you're in New York. I'm in New York. You know, this concept of the open workspace where real estate's very expensive, right? So the idea of someone working from home is helpful to employers now, and they're realizing that. So you're seeing more and more of open workspaces, lockers in the workspace, you know, you don't even have a permanent desk. You kind of come and go a little bit more. So that welcoming of working from home, we're seeing that much more than we saw it 10 years ago. So I think millennials are driving change. Technology is certainly helping to drive change. And ultimately, though, and Stacey made this point earlier, I think Stacey made this point earlier, women are graduating at faster rates than men at all levels of education. So employers have to pay attention to this component of the workforce. Otherwise, they're going to lose out on a lot of the best talent. So those employers that are paying attention to this demographic ultimately can have a great workplace. And and one last thing I would say is millennials we're seeing too are demanding change. We see this with the Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm, we see mm-hmm. we see millennials saying, I want to be treated fairly um, in the workplace and I want my coworkers to be treated fairly in the workplace. And so that all of those components are are creating this change which will ultimately lead to great changes for women. But, but, and this is a big but, there, there is the motherhood penalty and it still mm-hmm. exists. Um, and um, we have to continue to work against it. But, you know, we recently finished the U.S. Open here in New York. And, you know, Serena Williams is like an amazing advocate for moms to have someone out there competing at the highest level and talking about being a, quote, working mother. I mean, she recently had a baby. It's, it's all of those things actually matter, right? To see a woman who's successful, who's working hard, who's strong, who's committed, and who's a mom changes perception. Oh my gosh. Bow to Serena Williams. I know, I love you talked earlier about this messy middle. I'd like to explore this a little bit and kind of maybe, I love that you're giving language to, to an otherwise period of time that's just hell, you know, if we don't have like any <laughs> other better terminology for it. Say it um, like it is. Yeah. Say it like it is. Tell us about some of the challenges because I think this is also a time in a parent, in, during parenthood when you start to lose career momentum too, where you're really starting to question the value of going, even going back to work because you can't fathom straddling both worlds. And so what do you want to remind women about the messy middle to keep their, because you keep them, you know, kind of moving towards, to keep the pendulum still swinging right in their career direction? Yeah, this is Stacey. You know, it is, it's, it's, it's time that we have some language for a period of time that's ultimately short. I think that's one of the messages that we want to get across to women, you know, from a, from a workplace participation perspective, um, we do see a dip in the number of mothers with children between the ages of zero to three, and then it doesn't really recover until their children are, meaning the number of women that are back into the workforce who are mothers, um, doesn't really recover until their kids are between the ages of six and 17. And it doesn't really take a rocket scientist to figure out that that's when your kids are in um, school, right? So, right? so there's this period of time when 
you know, unfortunately, the bulk of women aren't supported um, with paid leave, right? Those statistics are still really staggering. And the majority of women go back to work just two weeks after having a baby. Um, And so there's a lot of uh, support systems that we could be providing for women to ultimately retain them in the workforce. But maternity leave and paid leave is really just a big piece of the pie. Flexibility is what comes into play here. Um, Really thinking about what your support system looks like. And one of the things we really tried to get at in the book um, is that you can take ownership of a lot of these pieces, even though they all, some of them sound really, really big to control. You can take ownership um, in the way that you start to communicate, particularly with your partner or your spouse. your your employer, and then yourself, and, and really what you want out of this time period. I really love the word ownership. I think that's a perfect way to empower and you know, enlighten women and everybody to, to feel more in control of a situation that can feel very much out of their control. We can sit there and really be upset with the fact that, you know, our employer only gave us um, so many days or weeks off or that our employer is just not really like an amicable place to work for parents or you, know, you feel like the system's working against you. But okay, so what are you going to do now, yeah. right? Um, I always call it voting with your feet, which is mean, which means you vote to leave a place Mm -hmm. as it's not supportive of working parents. Um, There are employers that are really thinking about this and you have to seek them out. You have to do the work to find them and you can do that online. You can do that, you know, obviously by coming to our website and other sites that are starting to really provide the information of what companies are providing for For women and for families, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about a lot is that a lot of these things that are good for women are actually good for the workplace in general. And so you want to find companies and businesses, and it's not just always big companies, small businesses often um, offer a lot of uh, different types of flexibility and whatnot that you could be looking for, um, but you need to seek them out and, and exactly take, I mean, that's, that's, the title, your turn, like it's your turn to take ownership over a lot of these, mm-hmm. including planning for a career break and saving for it, which I know is something that that you understand, Farnoosh, um, is, yeah. is important as well. You know, what's also a great career path for working moms is being your own boss, right. entrepreneurship. What have you noticed? What kinds of trends have you noticed as far as c- women who are also parents who are starting businesses? Is the trend on the rise? Well, research, yeah, research shows us the trend is on the rise. Women are starting businesses at a faster rate than men, um, which is very exciting. But, you know, it's not the end all be all either. I mean, being an entrepreneur is if people think they're becoming an entrepreneur to work less, they're mistaken. I mean, (laughs) having your own business is very difficult and, and a lot of work as well, although you are in control and you're in charge. So there's something to be said for that as well. But Farnoosh, you had asked, what do we want women to know? And I would say that if you have listeners who are moms who are working or who are on a career break, um, I think the two big takeaways I have is, first of all, if they're, this isn't one of the takeaways, but if they're struggling at all or questioning themselves at all, I hope that they get the book because your turn, because we really do dive deep into all the various issues and the various ways we can help. 
um, and, and the ways women can help themselves. But number one, I think that one big takeaway is you're not alone. If you're struggling and you're questioning yourself um, as a mom, as a career person, um, what you're doing, whether you're in the right career, you are not alone. I mean, we find, and we've talked to thousands of women, we find that this is common. I mean, women question themselves. We question what we're doing. We question our ability as moms. We question our ability as um, in our careers. But number two, and this is sort of going, um, taking it one step further of what Stacey was just saying is you have to advocate for yourself. You have to, not only do you have to look at your, at your job and say, okay, does my employer offer certain things that are going to help me? You have to advocate. No one's going to hand it to you. And well, and I have to say that's at work and at home, because one of the biggest obstacles women face are their obligations at home. And, uh, you know, obviously we all know, but research shows women take on the vast majority of the home obligations, and it really hurts our ability to be successful in our careers. So you have to advocate for yourself both at work and at home. And after advocating for yourself at work, if your employer is not willing to make the changes that will allow you to be successful, there are employers out there that are willing to provide you what you need um, to get the to to be able to work and to um, you know be able to handle all of your obligations. I really appreciate too in your book you tackle finances as a as a really important piece to this puzzle because re- realistically if you're um, not working or even if you are working you know there there are trade offs right when you're not working you're not able to secure your own savings necessarily um, when you are working you have costs right childcare etc and so one I actually contributed to that chapter and one of the things that I have found work has worked for me and other moms working moms is you know <laughs> investing in childcare as expensive as it can be even when it does compete with your salary thinking of it as a long-term investment you know you mentioned um, that the, this the, the messy years are are short. That's the good news. They're not forever. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about how you can make certain investments in your time, in your uh, child uh, care to be able to, to, to get what you need to be able to go back into the workforce or stay in the workforce as it is, I think so important. And then the other thing is, you know, if you are going to be staying home for a long period of time, if that's your choice. Well, can you bring in some money at some point? I think that's always a good thing to be thinking about in the back of your head because for me it's really important for all stay-at-home parents to have some sense of like financial independence and and also how to get ahead of some of it you know there's um I love the I love the chapter that you participated in um in our book and my my mother who was a financial advisor for over 30 years also participates in that chapter and I think that um a lot of the you know, sometimes when you leave the workforce, it can feel really um, disempowering because you you don't you're not bringing in money, and it can set up all sorts of um, different dynamics potentially with a spouse. And so, getting ahead of some of that so that you can still feel um, like you have a little bit of um, ownership over that time in your life, maybe either through savings in advance, um, which is difficult, but getting ahead of it in that way, um, 
just little different pieces. And I know you probably have some great tips there as well. Just, just so that you can feel like you're, you know, one of the dynamics we see is that sometimes when you're not working, um, you tend to sort of take the guilt on of, uh, you know, one of the things we see is that people will give up any services that they have to include childcare, and because they just mm-hmm. feel so guilty that they're not bringing any money in. And um, you know, I think you can you can do yourself a service by getting ahead of a little bit of that, and then being able to allocate some funds during a break to other things, so that you can have some space. Outsourcing is so important when you need it, you know, to be able to really, again, value your time just as you do your money is a mindset shift. But once you make it, I think you can start to really see the value in affording certain things that may have seemed frivolous. Well, I would love to learn a little bit about your own personal transitions. What were the turns that you took? (laughs) Um, When it, you know, how did you claim ownership of your careers? post children and both of you, um, Stacey, you have two children, I believe, and Jennifer, three children. I have two. So between the three of us, amongst the three of us, there's can't do quick math in my head. Was that seven, eight? Oh my God. It's been a long, it's been a long month. (laughs) (laughs) It's only October 2nd or 3rd. So what what would any one of you can go first, but I'd love to hear a little story about maybe something that you did that perhaps is even in the book or you you mention it in the book as a lesson for other moms, you want to kind of pay it forward. I can go first. This is Stacy. Um, so one of the things Jen said that I thought was so great is that you have to advocate for yourself. And that really took me back to my personal story of when I had my daughter, I, my first child, I was really flourishing in my career at the time as a journalist. I loved my work and and I was so happy and, and excited about it. And then I w- got pregnant and I was really happy and excited about that phase. I had really looked forward to being mother for, looked forward to being a mother for as, I mean, really probably my whole life. I was, it was such a good moment for me. Um, and I didn't, really know how when the two came together, how it would all fit together. And you don't really know until you're in the in the moment. And I, you know, I'd grown up with a model of a mom who uh, had a career, took a 10 year career break, and then went back to work in a really big way. So I, I knew that it could all come together in different, um, in different ways. And so when I had my daughter, um, I had really expected that I would go right back to work, take a very short maternity leave and go right back to work. And then I had her and my body sort of had some different plans. And I also really, you know, dug into that moment of being a mom. I loved it. And it was surprising to me. It kind of caught me off guard that I decided I wanted to go back into work, but on a part-time basis. And from the advocating perspective, um, I, you know, I was lucky to be at an employer that part of the paid leave package was that you could come back part-time. That being said, it was buried in the paperwork as a, as a line item that you could ask for that I would never have seen unless a colleague and friend of mine who was also pregnant at the same time pointed out to me. And so I went in and asked, and that's the only reason that it happened. Nobody came over you know, to my desk and patted me on the shoulder at some point and said, hey, you know, if you want, you can come back three days a week, you'll still get your full benefits. Um, you can be part time. And I think that that's just, 
such a critical message that Jen and I want to get across to women is that you will never get those opportunities unless you ask for them. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the rest of the story kind of goes on from there and the different paths that I took that led me here as an entrepreneur, but essentially it was the shift from working full throttle and thinking that that's exactly where I would be immediately after she was born. And it really changing to something that I, that I thought was a gift at the time, uh, but being able to go part-time. And so Stacy, was your employer surprised that you had pointed out the fine print or were they pretty accommodating and didn't ask questions? You know, I think because it was in fine print, <laughs> um, they were like, oh yeah, sure. No problem. I mean, I, I think I was really, I was, I was really delighted that that was the response. Um, it came up again because I, I sort of stayed part-time. Um, the paperwork said that you should go back to work full-time nine months after the birth of the child. And that nine months came and went, and I was still going part-time. I didn't really mention it to anybody. Nobody brought it up to me. And then um, eventually my, my manager, you know, called and said, you, you really have to, you have to, we need you to come back full time. And I said, you know what? I, I'm not ready. I, I feel like I'm producing and contributing in a way that still is really valuable to the company. And I will completely understand if it's not going to work out for you. But right now for me, part-time is really where I want to be. And she's a mother of three and she, she was on speakerphone. She picked up the phone and she said, you know, I wish someone had done this for me. No problem. And wow. so I stayed part time until I left the company. And so I'm forever grateful. Um, and, you know, I think it's a great message that women can do those things for other women, too. Yes, yes. We have to share the realities of how we're making it work. What I'm also hearing from your story is that you got really good at asking for what you want. I don't think it's an it's inconsequential to the fact that you are now a mom. I think that's, uh, that's <laughs> one of the great things about um, parenthood is that it does, you get straight to the point, you know, because you realize your time is valuable. You are tired, right? And yeah. so you don't like spend hours mulling over things. You're just like, you got to make decisions. And, and in this case, you decided to be your own advocate. And I love that story. Jennifer, do you want to share? I know you have, um, you've had big jobs as an attorney and working for um, Major League Baseball. Those are big demanding jobs, as you kind of hinted to earlier. And so when you became a mom, what what's something that you wish you had known back then? Oh, my gosh, that's such a listening to Stacey, I was realizing and one of the reasons we work so well together on this book is, she, you know, we're, we have very different approaches to things and, and, and we're very different in many ways. And I was just listening to her story and I'm like, she was so level-headed throughout that whole thing. I feel like I did everything wrong. Um, when I was a young mother, I, well, first of all, I honestly believed that having children would not affect my career. I, I don't know what I was thinking back then. Uh, clearly, I hadn't yet had children with that view in mind. But um, I, I literally thought it wasn't going to affect my career. I, I was like, I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to go right back to work. I'm going to continue working really hard. And you know what? It worked for a little bit of time, especially when I had one child. Um, one child's a lot easier than two and two are easier than three. So um, so I, you know, I 
I did what uh, we, uh, we advocate in the book not to do, which is to number one, uh, I wish going back, I would have really sought out women who had done it and been there and gone through it and could have given me advice about, um, one, this is, this is a finite period of time in your career. We talked about that a little bit already, but when you're so mired in it and when you're so exhausted, you talked about being exhausted and just being emotionally spent. Um, you know, you're just, I honestly, I really don't think I was thinking all that clearly back then because I didn't have this great plan. Um, after I had my second child and he was about two years old, there were some things going on in preschool with one of my kids. And I was like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I was commute. I had a very big commute, really about an hour and a half each way to and from work. I felt like I was never seeing my kids. So I jumped. So I really wish I would have consulted with, um, uh, other women. Um, and I am a huge supporter in women supporting other women. I think, you know, we talk about it in the book, but it's one of the things I feel so strongly about, which is we cannot be our own worst enemy. If we want to, make strides in the workplace and we want employers to change, we have to be there for one another. We have to support one another, regardless of the journey you're on, by the way. And I see this a lot. Women who never took a career break have sort of, you know, feelings about women who have taken career breaks and vice versa. And it's like, you know, you you don't know why people do what they do or the journey that they're on. So, um, you know, we shouldn't judge and we should just support one another. Um, So seeking out women who could have given me advice, um, and also one of the, the financial um, issues, which to be honest, I was totally in the dark about because what's the number one thing you hear when people say, you know, I, I can't keep working because I can't even afford to pay the babysitter. My salary right. doesn't even cover the babysitter. And we hear that all the time. And it's such a small, like sort of speck of information when you, when you consider the loss you're going to take. If you take a career break, and by the way, the book doesn't advocate any particular path, whether you choose to stay, whether you choose to go, whether you choose to take, you know, a one-year break, a 10-year break, you choose to go part-time. We know people are going to make all those different decisions and we think it's great, but you should make those decisions with your eyes wide open. And when you're talking about taking a career break, and I didn't realize this, and I had a seven-year career break, I didn't realize that it wasn't just my salary lost, it was my pension yeah. loss, my benefits loss, and you're going to take a pay cut when you do eventually come back into the workforce. And every dollar you make for the rest of your career is going to be based off of that lower salary. So it's a significant, a significant um, financial hit that you take personally right. when you decide to take a career break. And again, I, I, I am happy I took my seven-year career break, but I didn't realize when I did it, the price that I was going to pay to do it from a financial perspective. So those are a couple of things that I wish, you know, um, I would have done before I took my career break. Again, I don't have any regrets, but I, um, I think it's really important that women understand the ramifications of any decision that they make before they make it. And it is tough because it is a blurry time in your life. You know, usually, especially if you're a young mom, you've got little toddlers, you never really get a break. You're working, you're working all weekend at home, you know, in quotes. Um, and so it's a very difficult, it was certainly a very difficult time in my life from a, um, sort of, I, I came last in my priority list. You know, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't eating well, all of those things. So, um, those are just a couple of things that I would, um, I would, think about and consider it. And we talk about all of those things in the book and more. Well, 
everybody go pick up the book. It's called Your Turn, Career Kids and Comebacks, A Working Mother's Guide. Thank you so much, Stacey and Jennifer, for joining us. Thank you for writing this book and the great work that you're doing at APRE. So many wonderful resources you're birthing for <laughs> for society. And we really, uh, we really hope to have you come back. Oh, thanks, Farnoosh. And thanks for helping us with the book and participating um, in the book. And hopefully your listeners will read it and see the great advice you give you give to the readers um, in the book, because we really appreciated you, you doing that. You can learn more about APRE at APREgroup.com. And you can follow them on Instagram at APRE underscore group and on Facebook at APRE group NYC. The book again is called your turn, career, kids, and comebacks, a working mother's guide. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. Money.